Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. This is Locked On Hornets, your daily podcast on the Charlotte Hornets and the NBA. Make sure to follow the Locked On Podcast Network on uh, whatever you use to get your podcast just search for locked on to get podcast on the nba the nfl and fantasy sports we are coming to you live from the gittimer.com studios in bea beautiful uptown charlotte heart of the queen city on this monday the beginning of the end of charlotte hornets preseason they'll wrap that up at the end of the week and start to get ready for a regular season tip-off next wednesday against the detroit pistons in detroit and we will have full coverage all the way throughout the rest of this season. I'm Doug Branson, joined by my good friend, the man, the myth, the legend, David Walker. Your name's up there on the screen. Look at that. My name is there. My face is here. The rest of me is here as well. Doug, yet another preseason game, but no TV tonight, my friend. What are you going to do? Well, uh, you know, we found out it looked like the Detroit Pistons in the last game were trying to stream the game on their Facebook channel. So they, might, <laughs> they, they attempted to do it. So I, I may look at Miami's for doing that. I'm, yeah, I, I may look at Miami's Facebook channel, see if they're trying to pull the same thing. I'll definitely be tuning in to 102.5 WFNZ to hear the sweet tones of Steve Martin, Matt Carroll calling the game, or on the uh, Hornets Obviously. app. You can also listen there. Uh, and then, of course, I'll be tuning in for the uh, Locked On Hornets post game. No post game uh, immediately after the game tonight because it's not televised. So I'm not sure if we'll be able to watch it, but we'll definitely have analysis for you tomorrow morning. So you definitely want to check that out. Uh, as you said, the Hornets take on the Miami Heat tonight in Miami for their third preseason game. This will be the last road test, David, before the regular season. They'll pop home for a game Wednesday that will be televised on ESPN against the Boston Celtics and then wrap preseason on Friday against the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, this will be the first preseason game since learning that Nick Batum will miss extended time they're still evaluating treatment options on that uh, that sprained elbow that torn ucl in his elbow still trying to figure out exactly what that timeline is going to look like but we know for sure he will miss some time jeremy lamb will start in place of nick batum so david what are you going to be watching for in this game against the miami heat well just for the hornets like you said how how lynn uh, <laughs> one year removed, still staying Jeremy Lamb. Jeremy Lamb, how he slides in there. And I think the thing we hit on last week was the difference in the, the, the ability to create. You know, Batum was such a creator for others. And once you get past Kimba Walker, Doug, I mean, who is the next best creator? I mean, who else do they have out there, especially with, you know, no Michael Carter Williams? He did practice a little bit over the weekend. So he may be on his way back, hopefully. But that's a big uh, hole in that offense. And and Marvin Williams said as much, I think, yesterday at practice. Um, no one man is going to replace uh, Nick Batum. But the, for the most part, the bulk of it is going to fall on Jeremy Lamb. I, I, I just wonder, 
you know, he's had such a good preseason and a good training camp. Does this, you know, I hope he's able to just kind of contain and stay within himself and not try and fill in for everything that we'll be missing with Nick Batum. You know what I mean? Because that, that's that's a big hole to fill. That's a, no, that's a perfect point, David. Uh, you know, the, the question is, can the Hornets continue to move the ball without Nick Batum and with Jeremy Lamb slotted in, in into that starting shooting guard position? Will it be a matter of players like Kemba Walker and Jeremy Lamb and others, maybe even Marvin Williams, sort of picking up that distribution slack that you're going to miss without Nick Batum? Or will we see a dramatic shift in the game plan to accommodate the strengths of the players that will suddenly be put into maybe different positions than they thought they were going to be put into before the Nick Batum injury? I asked Steve Clifford about this in practice. You know, how much of it is players adjusting their game to uh, to try to make up for what Nick brought to that lineup and how much of it is game plan. And it it sounded like from Cliff that, you know, y- y- you want players to play to their strengths. You know, and I, I kind of understand that, right? You like you don't want to ask players to try to, you, you know, not play outside of their game, essentially. And, and, you know, creating is not necessarily Jeremy Lamb's game. Now, I think they could fairly ask him to to continue to move the ball. It's something that he hasn't always been prone to do, to, does a lot of dribbling, wants to get left, and sometimes when when he's on a roll in the, d- the defense, having scouted him, wants to move him right, he's determined to get to the left. And sometimes he holds on to the ball a little too long instead of, instead of moving it. So I, I think that's one of the things that I'll be watching. Can this team still move the ball effectively with Jeremy Lamb in the lineup? And, and will Lamb be enough of a threat from beyond the arc to allow spacing for Kimba Walker and MKG to penetrate and for Dwight Howard to work effectively in the post? Uh, Lamb said that he, uh, during media day that he recognized that he didn't shoot the ball well from beyond the arc and he was working uh, to fix it. I think last year I, I, didn't, I didn't shoot the three like I wanted. Some of it is my mindset. Some of it is... I maybe wasn't getting good shots, or I was shooting shots that uh, off the dribble that I don't usually shoot. I watched film, try to see where I was comfortable shooting, uh, the shots I made, how my feet were, how my release was, and looked at the shots I missed, how my release was, how my feet were. So just trying to um, tweak, you know, that. We did have that sound, David. Did you not hear that? Oh, no, that's fine. I don't need to hear it. As All long right. as the people heard it. As long as the people heard it, Doug. The people did. I'll figure out why you, you didn't hear it maybe after the nah, show. No but, but but essentially, he he said that he's he's been working on it in the offseason, been watching tape, not necessarily trying to shoot off the dribble as much. I think that's where he got into trouble last season, trying to shoot off the dribble as opposed to shooting off the catch. But again, yeah. that says he needs things to be created for him. So who in this instance is the guy that will create for him. Got to say some uh, hello to some people in the chat right now. David saying hello, David M, and then Double M15. What up, Nest? What's going on? Howard might be able to dish mm-hmm. from the post. You, you hope so. Mm-hmm. I mean, you hope Dwight Howard can do that. You, you, we've heard a lot, of, a lot from Steve Clifford in terms of Dwight Howard's intelligence and, and knowing where the ball needs to be, whether it's with him or, or moving it to find someone else. Certainly, you, you hope that his post offense was effect, as effective as it was against Detroit, and that's going to start to draw some attention now. That may take a few games 
into the regular season of playing really well to start to draw that attention. But that was one of the things that they wanted from Howard on the offensive end was to draw some attention similar to what Al Jefferson was able to do to open up some spacing that might not necessarily have been there with Cody Zeller. Yeah, absolutely. And it's surprising actually how ineffective Lamb has been overall since he's been in Charlotte shooting that three, Doug. I mean, barely over 30% his first year. And I think you mentioned last week a a career worst, 28% shooting three last year. And you're concerned that you were re-raised is totally valid. I mean, the spacing issue, which is already going to be a little bit of a challenge just with the newness of Howard and you have MKG in there, of course. But, you know, if Lamb's not able to at least create a threat and keep people honest out there, then that is going to be a bit of an adjustment for everybody. And that's what I think I hope he can do. I mean, you think of him as as a scorer, but clearly the shooting numbers show, especially from distance, that, you know, he's not exactly lethal. So they're going to have to figure some things out. Um, And it's just like, you know, uh, the preseason, like we said, is is basically over. Um, They've got a few more games to figure this thing out. You start to wonder, and we'll hear a little bit from Monk. You talked to him yesterday where he can fit in because he's certainly confident on offense and maybe he, maybe he's the second, you know, maybe he's the next creator out there that they'll need. Yeah. But going back to Lamb shooting, he shot two of four from beyond the arc in Boston and O of three when he stepped in for Batum against the Pistons. So we've seen both sides of this and yeah. as double M 15 uh, points out, Lamb looks for his shot. Like he's going to be aggressive. Oh, yeah. He scored over 17 points in both of these preseason games. He recognizes uh, the work that he's put in this offseason has helped him to score the ball offensively, so he's he's going to look for that. And and I don't expect that to change uh, now that he is officially going to be in the starting lineup. He's definitely going to look to score and play to his strengths. And I just wonder, and I think this is what's what I'll be watch, hopefully watching closely against Miami if we're able to watch this thing, is, is how the game plan changes, how the play calling changes in order – to keep the ball moving if you know these past two preseason games David Jeremy Lamb's been on it's been working but yeah. but what happens when it doesn't work when the ball needs to move and, and what's what's the chemistry going to be like between Jeremy Lamb and Dwight Howard because at media day we heard from Nick Batum saying I'm going to get Dwight Howard touches in the post Right, And that made sense because Nick Batum is a taller guard. He can throw it over the top, something that Kimba Walker may struggle to do with his height. Post entries, eat a little easier for Nick Batum. Pick and roll game, we were expecting big things from Nick Batum and Dwight Howard. Does that develop uh, with Kimba Walker and Dwight Howard? And is there any chemistry between Lamb and Howard? I think those are all questions now that we have to pay attention to as we close out these final three preseason games and get ready for uh, the regular season. Um, At practice yesterday, too, David, you were excited about this. Coach Clifford confirmed that we would be seeing Marvin Williams at the three uh, during some uh, matchup opportunities and Marvin Williams playing alongside Frank Kaminsky. Mm. What are your thoughts on that, David? Well, it's just interesting because we talk so much about those two guys, either one or the other, and and Frank, you know, maybe trying to take over for Marvin or or Marvin trying to hold on to his spot. But Marvin's such a big part of the team, as we've talked about before. And this is another perfect example. They could slide him around. You know, he played a lot of his career at the three, so that's probably going to be a natural fit. So I was just curious kind of how those two played together, if there was any significant advantage, especially in like the two-man lineups between those two guys. And 
there really wasn't, <laughs> you know, I mean, there was, a, there was a lot of threes um, shot when those two guys are on the floor, um, the highest amount of three point attempts for any two man combo that played together last year, they played almost 600 minutes together um, just in those two man lineups. But well, one thing was interesting was one of the better three point um, making three man lineups was Kimball Walker, Frank Kaminsky and Marvin Williams. Shouldn't be any surprise really <clears throat> because those three guys are all going to look, <clears throat> excuse me, to shoot. Um, but I think it's just another option that we're going to see a little bit more, especially with Lamb, I mean, with uh, with Batum out. And another instance of if they can get back to hitting some of those threes, you know, that could be something we see more if they can help open up the floor for uh, Kimball Walker and, and, you know, for some driving lanes for Key Gilchrist as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's an indication that the Hornets are going to have to be very creative in terms of getting three-point opportunities on offense and and try to balance that effectively with being able to defend on the on the other end of the floor. And you, you mentioned that the the three-man and the two-man lineups last year, you know, a lot of that came when Frank Kaminsky was stepping into the center role for Cody right. Zeller. So they played alongside each other in that last half and there and and Frank Kaminsky was shooting the three ball well. And so that's where you're seeing all that three-point production increase. But the team overall was still struggling in the latter half of that year, didn't have the bump that they necessarily needed. And a lot of that had to do with defense because Cody Zeller being out really, really hurt them defensively because there, was, there wasn't a lot of depth behind Frank Kaminsky at center uh, and certainly no rim protection at all. So things are going to change this season with Dwight Howard now. Marvin Williams and Frank Kaminsky did play 3-4 in Frank's rookie year with Spencer Hawes at center, and that was another three-point specialist lineup. It was Lynn Lamb, Marvin at three, Frank Kaminsky, and Spencer Hawes, and and that lineup played about 100 or so minutes, so not a ton um, but it was one of uh, Frank's most effective lineups in his rookie season, above average offensive rating. And surprisingly, th- they didn't play very much. It's kind of a spot kind of deal, a matchup kind of deal, which is what you're going to see uh, with, I mean, you could maybe envision a a Monk, Marvin, yeah. Kaminsky, Howard, or maybe even Johnny O'Brien. And, you know, work, work him in a little bit. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how they sort of balance the need, the creative, you know, get creative to get three-point opportunities without sacrificing so much on defense. Double M15 says, I like it. We've always needed another three. And if Marvin can keep up like he has in the past, it makes us bigger. Marvin Frank Cody. Yeah, I mean, Marvin Frank Cody, I'd, I'd love to see what that, what that could do. Marvin Frank Cody. And Cody, yeah, off the mm. bench. I'd love to see. Yeah. I'd love to see what that second unit could do, and and it sounds like from Clifford that we might get a little experimentation on that front to see how that lineup does uh, defensively. Hey, let's talk about SeatGeek. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone, and it's by far the easiest way I found to shop for tickets. I can be anywhere, and with just a couple of taps on my phone, I can instantly find the seats that I want to the the concerts and the sporting events that I want to go to. I uh, just used SeatGeek to secure some Panthers tickets because I guess, David, I guess they're good. I guess we can we can say they're good. All right, they're going to be good. They're going to be. I guess I feel like I feel like after Sunday we can sort of put that one. I was I was on the fence. I didn't know, but but I think that you know beating a good three and one 
Lions team. I think they, they might be good. So SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. And to get you the most bang for your buck, SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket, from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. And the best part, our listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LONBA today. That's promo code LONBA for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Whew. David, you, you still go. with me? Got to get in. Oh, yeah. I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> All right. Uh, I spent a couple of minutes with Malik Monk yesterday at practice. Uh, and uh, he had some interesting things to say. I wanted to get his take on uh, Nick Batum's injury. <laughs> David David M. on the chat sounds... David sounds like he's having a fun morning. <laughs> It's always an adventure. Oh, oh you just man. have to you have to it's embrace you have to embrace the adventure. All right. Well, Malik Monk is embracing the adventure, the adventure that he will now have uh, with maybe probably not a different opportunity. Sounds like he thinks he's going to get the same kind of minutes that he was going to get even uh, even with Nick Batum in the lineup. But certainly, I think a little mo- bit more is falling on Malik's shoulders. Let's take a listen uh, to what he had to say. No, it's uh, it's always bad when you when you miss a veteran player. Uh, but, you know, if me and Jalen got to step up now, it's our time. And we always can learn from him. He's always going to teach us. He's not a selfish player, so he's always going to teach us what he knows. But he, we're missing a big part of the team now. And Kimball Walker just recently said that uh, he's stripping the rookie title from both you and Dwayne Bacon. How does that make you feel when the team leader says, you guys aren't rookies anymore? No, nah, I think that came out the, the window uh, when I stepped on the court. Uh, they all told me I, I, I'm going to play big minutes. So the rookie rookie don't even matter when you're playing big minutes. So I, I'm the same as them right now. Uh, I'm learning, though, so I just got to learn a little bit more. Yeah, when have you felt so far most like a rookie? When have you felt most like, oh, my, this is a big step up? Yeah, uh, the first first game in Boston, the defensive rotations, I was late, uh, sometimes not even there. So, But I learned the film, um, got better at Detroit, and I'm getting better every day. So, And when have you felt most comfortable and, and most like I'm in control of what's going on right now? Oh, yeah, um, after I got my rhythm, um, it's probably I think the second half of Detroit game, that's when I got my rhythm and I, I felt comfortable. Has anyone talked to you so far about what things would be like for you now that Nick uh, will miss extended time? Um, no, not really. Uh, I think it'll be the same. Um, I think I was, was going to play like 20 minutes. It, it might go up 25, 26, something like that, though. But I'm still on a big part of this team, just like everybody else. You mentioned defensive rotations before as something that you had to learn very quickly. Is there something offensively that you've had to adjust to so far? No, no, no. <laughs> that's your game. Yeah, uh, offense is uh, pretty natural to me. Uh, I move without the ball pretty natural. Uh, I pass the ball pretty natural, so it's all good. Can, can you think of another time in your basketball career, high school, college, that something changed dramatically somewhere else in the team, just like this Nick Batum injury that, that may ch- alter the trajectory for you early on? Has anything like that happened to you before? Oh uh, Yeah, I moved off the ball when I went to Kentucky. Uh, I was on the ball my whole life. But I went to Kentucky, I, I played off the ball. So that's what got my off the ball game good, and I could move without it and stuff like that. That's why I figured out I can do that. What was your initial reaction to when that happened, and did, did that reaction change based on what happened there at Kentucky? No, I mean, uh, 
everybody gonna have to give up something going to a, a school like Kentucky, uh, whether it's your offense, defense, anything. But you're gonna give up something. So I, I knew uh, I was gonna have to give up something, but I was comfortable with it. As you look ahead to uh, Monday night and the two preseason games in front of the home crowd, what is the impression that you want fans and the coaching staff to have of you as you approach your first NBA game? Uh, I mean, everybody. I think everybody got their impression already. They seen what I could do. So it, it's just me uh, being way more comfortable than I am right now. It, it's getting used to the offense. There you go, Malik Monk yesterday at practice as he preps uh, for Miami and David. I mean, he had a great second half against Detroit, so it's it's good that he's finding his rhythm. Uh, certainly just in time as, as you know, I don't think his minutes will change, but I, I certainly think the responsibility for him will change. And as you heard, you know, he, it, it was a situation that, that changed dramatically for him, his freshman year, his only year at Kentucky, having to move off ball. And, and it, it, it showcased his shooting ability, which helped him get drafted in the, in the lottery. And now right. this situation is, is changing and, and it may shift him back towards, being that distributor that he was as a point guard in high school. So these circumstances uh, may may do him well. Well, he brought up the, the fact that all those guys that go to Kentucky have to give up something, and that's something we've seen year after year when they come into the league. So, yeah, you're right. We might be able to see a little of that creativity from Malik Monk that you know wasn't showing at Kentucky last year. But, man, you know what I love about that guy? He has confidence. <laughs> and it's like anytime you or anyone else asks him about his offensive game, he just – it's like a huge smile comes on his face. And if there's a question about it, he's just like, no, nah, we're, good. we're good on the offense. We don't – I don't need to worry about, about my offensive game and my scoring ability. It's, it's, it's refreshing to see and a little exciting. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's – and they, they're going to need – I think they've got plenty of defensive confidence on this team. When you have a team with Marvin Williams and Michael Kidd Gilchrist, essentially you've got two quarterbacks – on the defense, guys right. that know where. Th- th- see, this is this is the the interesting thing about this team. It's built with guys who know where they need to be on defense, but they also know where everyone else needs to be. You know, they understand how the machine works on defense, and I think the same can be said for Malik Monk on offense. Like he knows, he just picks up offense very quickly, and um, you know they've been introducing a lot of new offense, and I'm sure they're going to be introducing some new wrinkles that will account for not having Nick Batum in the lineup. And so he'll have to pick up on those very quickly. But he sounds confident uh, that he can do just that. Uh, The one thing I wanted to mention with Miami, David, I think it's an interesting matchup. Uh, They'll, of course, face off four times this season. And you've got two teams in Miami and Charlotte who have both uh, are both lacking in kind of that superstar talent and have both spent the offseason picking around the margins to try to improve the team, and they're both built around you know, sort of one central player. In Miami, it's Hassan Whiteside. In Charlotte, it's Kimball Walker. Uh, but they're the same in that area, but they're very different in that Miami has built their team around size and athleticism, and the Hornets have built their team around skill and, and basketball IQ. So it's always injured. They were 2-2 two and two last season, uh, the, the Hornets won the first two games in the first half of the season, and Miami picked up two wins in the second half of the season. So I think it's I think it's very interesting to see these two teams go head to head because I think it's it's the same kind of overall strategy of of building around one player and picking around the margins, but two different takes on that strategy. Oh, for sure, and they definitely have kind of an ace in the hole there with Miami and Pat Riley and just the kind of hidden ability and the, you know, um, the chance that they always may land some 
big free agent superstar, right? Like Charlotte really doesn't have that. I mean, Miami's always going to be in play when they can for like who's ever on the free agent market just because of who they are and where they are and, and some and what they built there, you know, to be honest. But yeah, it's, it's a different, um, it's a different strategy and a different way to, to go about it. And think back to last year, Doug, remember when Miami was like just drilling threes and, and turning, um, Dion waiters loose and like up was down and left was right. And, and they were making an, a, a, an unbelievable run towards the playoffs. I mean, that was the thing that happened. <laughs> I mean, that was crazy to see them do that last year. So they're always going to be a tough matchup for the Hornets. It feels like. Yeah. And, and it'll be interesting to see who they start at power forward because they started Kelly Olynyk, their, their big free agent mm-hmm. pickup uh, in the last preseason game in place of James Johnson, who has been struggling a little bit, but really hurt the Hornets last season. So it'll be interesting to see the the Kelly Olenek, Marvin Williams battle, and then Frank Kaminsky versus James Johnson. Johnson obviously having the size uh, and and the three-point skill as well. So that will be, if it is indeed James Johnson going up against Frank Kaminsky, that will be a tough matchup for him as well. Should be a good game again tonight. Uh, No television, but uh, check around Facebook and, uh, you know, I'm sure there's some there's some Reddit outlets uh, that you could look into as well. And, of course, it'll be on the radio, 102.5 WFNZ. Uh, WM15 with a quick question here. How often do you think we will see Bacon? I think a lot of that will have to do with Travion Graham. Is What's that hamstring doing to him? Is he going to be able to see significant minutes in this preseason? I think it's, you know, it's been interesting, David. This has been a preseason without a lot of camp battles. Like We haven't had right. a lot of questions about the rotation and who's going to do what. Even when Nick Batum went down, it was almost settled. Like a, Jeremy Lamb starts at two. and uh, But this could be an interesting one. Do we see Dwayne Bacon at get some backup three minutes, or is it Travion Graham, who we have yet to really see get any action in the preseason because of that hamstring injury? And then uh, Michael Carter-Williams. I don't think we're going to see him tonight. Uh, I think they're still working him back. I don't think he's done five-on-five uh, five yet. So they're still working him back into contact. May see him and in, in, in possibly in the next preseason game or maybe the last one to get a little tune-up. Um, but uh, Julian Stone was hurting as well. So the 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 backup point guard position continuing to be an issue for the Charlotte Hornets. But uh, yeah, Bacon could be. Could, we could see him at the backup three uh, tonight if Graham is continuing uh, to ail with that hamstring issue. Yeah, definitely. I think so. I think you're going to see increased minutes for, for Bacon and Monk. Although, like Monk said in, in the time you talked with him, he, he was kind of locked into that 20, 25 minutes a game, which is uh, which is fun to hear. So we'll see. But I think Bacon's certainly going to get some more looks. Real quick, want to give a shout out to uh, one of the newest Buzzamaniacs members of the Nest, our Patreon uh, subscribers. There's the tweet from Will. I'm finally a Let's Swarm Charlotte Patreon member. Thanks for giving a Hornets fan in Iowa the best coverage anywhere. Well, thank you, Will. I mean, every yes. did I? I didn't. I didn't bring the. Uh, I didn't bring the microphone. Uh, into the studio I meant to with the mic flag, but we just bought a, a little mic flag for the microphone with our logo on it, and uh, that was bought with uh, the, the the contributions of our Patreon members. And the mic flag seems like a little thing, but you get that mic flag on television and people go, oh, what what's locked on Hornets? I'll, I'll look them up. I'll check them out. So uh, those those little things make a big difference. And and your contributions of a dollar, three dollars, five dollars, 
those things uh, really, really uh, measure up for us, and we really appreciate it. It, it's, it certainly means a lot to us uh, that you guys uh, take the take the uh, take the financial contribution seriously and, and and give those to us. We really appreciate it. Um, so uh, thanks so much for listening to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, whatever you use to get your podcast. Just search Locked On Hornets. And uh, shoot us your Hornets questions and thoughts to buzzbuzz at LockedOnHornets.com. Subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash LockedOnHornets. We try to get on here and uh, stream live whenever we have the opportunity. And if you're subscribed, then you get a notification that we're going live and you can check us out. Uh, For David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm sharp.